Nyata, hello. It's Alison here from a little church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. I'm reflecting today on Luke's Beatitudes. So Jesus and his disciples were praying on the mountaintop. And then they came down to the level place, smack bang into a crowd, and Jesus was mobbed. People from all over were there and everyone wanted a piece of him because they knew that hearing him and being touched by him would heal them of their diseases and unclean spirits. Diseases, the things which unsettled them, which made them ill at ease and uncomfortable. Unclean spirits, the internalised powers which drove people to division, not wholeness. But Jesus' words and gentle touch healed them all. And when they were healed, he turned to his disciples and he taught them. And he said, Blessed are you who are on Job Seeker or NDIS, for yours is the culture of God. What? As anyone who's on one of these schemes knows, this means being constantly humiliated. It means being treated with suspicion and turning up to pointless interviews and jumping through arbitrary hoops and filing endless paperwork and periodically having your benefits cut anyway. How could this be God's culture? How could these people be blessed? It's not that Jesus valued poverty and suffering for their own sake. He's just spent hours healing people of every form of misery. Nor does he value humiliation. He spent his life protecting and aligning himself with those being cast down with others. Maybe we can understand if we keep reading. So what else did he say? Blessed are you who are hungry, for you will be filled. And blessed are you who weep now, for joy comes in the morning. Blessed are those who are hated on my account and excluded and trolled. When this happens, party, jump for joy even, because all heaven sees truth-tellers and celebrates. And this is what happens to prophets. But there's trouble ahead if you've got a good job and super, for you've received your comfort. You'll make no room for God. There's trouble ahead for you who are full of yourselves, for soon enough you'll be empty. There's trouble ahead if you're relentlessly positive. Suffering is on its way. And there's trouble ahead if you're popular. Everyone loves a false preacher, but your job is to speak truth. And obviously, this is a paraphrase. Now those of us with good jobs and super tend to switch off at these words, and so too those who are happy and popular. But those of us on disability or who've known exclusion and rejection prick up our ears. That's the thing with Luke's telling of the Beatitudes. How we hear them depends on our life experience. Because to some of us the Beatitudes sound a bit like a threat, or like Matthew and the NIV, we feel the need to spiritualize them. Because surely Jesus is not referring to actual poverty and actual shame. 
But to others of us, Luke's Beatitudes sound like a surprising, a joyful promise, a grace-filled world to enter into. An economy where nobody has to choose between food and medicine. A God who turns tears into joy, mourning into dancing. A Saviour who shares our rejection and shame. So do we hear these words as judgment or do we hear them as promise? Is this a world we want to enter into or a world we shy away from? Where do we need Jesus' healing touch? Because healing is what kicks the Beatitudes off. Remember Jesus comes down from the mountain and there on the plain, everyone on a level playing field, he heals people. He drives out the forces which possess and unsettle them. He makes room for the holy breath. And if we take a bird's eye view, we see that in Luke those evil forces are intimately linked with wealth. There's a rich man who is possessed by his possessions. And there's another rich man who ignores Lazarus, a sick and hungry beggar who's lying at his gate. There's a young ruler who cannot let go of his things and follow Jesus, for he was very rich. There's a rich man who's swindled by a praiseworthy steward, and so on and so on. Indeed, Luke's Jesus speaks plainly. You cannot serve God and wealth, he says. This link between wealth and dis-ease, unclean spirits and money, makes sense. Because there's nothing that causes dis-ease quite like disparities in wealth. When rich and poor are far apart and the middle class is being pushed downwards, unclean spirits abound. People look up the ladder and they are consumed by envy, and they look down the ladder and they are filled with fear. And we know about the ladder because we live in a society which is deeply, deeply unequal and which is rapidly becoming more so. Centrelink payments are viciously small, well below the poverty line. And people who need such support tend to lack not just money, but basic respect. Public figures no longer speak of the worthy, poor or unfortunate. Instead, we regularly hear that some people are wasters, a drain on our economy. We're regularly told that we would be better off without them, whoever they are. And inevitably, most of us have internalised this value system in which rich is good, richer is better, and poor is something to be feared and avoided at all costs. It's no wonder that the comfortable feel anxious in the presence of poverty. It's no wonder the destitute are filled with hopelessness and rage. Dis-ease abounds, and we are all being attacked by unclean spirits of fear and envy and division. But on the plain, that flat and level playing field, we can be healed. On the level playing field, the rich will no longer feel anxious, the poor will no longer feel envious, because everyone will have enough. Jesus' words create the possibility of a healthy economy, God's economy. And therein lies his healing touch. 
So why then are the destitute blessed? Why do people curse the true prophets? And why is there trouble ahead for the comfortable? Well, I suggest it's because almost no one wants to come down the mountain with Jesus. Almost no one wants to relinquish wealth or challenge the powers which create inequality because they know that to do so is to become the object of mockery and shame. To refuse to play the game, to give away one's wealth, to lower one's status and walk towards a level playing field indeed leads to hatred and rejection because our society hates and reviles the poor. And so the comfortable strive for the top of the mountain, or at least a high enough midway point, clutching onto their wealth and turning away from God again and again and again. And so they will become hungry, and so they will mourn and weep. And on the other hand, the destitute are blessed because they already experience our society's humiliation and rejection and shame. They already live in God's kingdom culture because God's kingdom culture is embodied by the one who knows rejection and humiliation and shame and who took them to the cross. The destitute are already dead to the world. They're treated as if they don't exist. And the next step is resurrection. Indeed, Luke seems like a hard book for the rich and the comfortable, but for everyone else it's an explosion of hope. Maybe there's a way to live which is not governed by envy. Maybe there's a way to be which is not suffocated by fear. Maybe the poor and the destitute will be seen and loved. And maybe there's a possibility that everyone can have enough to eat. And maybe that will happen on a level playing field when all people, rich and poor, gather around Jesus. And that's the invitation. To gather around Jesus and let him heal us of all that drives and unsettles us. Our love of money. Our fear of poverty. Our attunement to social status our avoidance of anything and anyone which might lead to our own rejection and shame. The invitation is to become a level playing field ourselves, a community where the rich are no longer possessed by their possessions, the poor are no longer alone in their shame, and all people can fully participate in God's joyful and just economy. Of course, as a rich person myself with a house, a job, super and far too many books, I admit I can be fearful of this place. It means a relinquishment, a dying that I don't know how to do. But I've lived enough and seen enough to know that the promises of wealth are hollow and the effects of disparate levels of wealth can be devastating. And so I hold fast to another of Luke's stories in which Jesus is addressing a rich man. And Jesus says, It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom or culture or economy of God. Now those who heard it said, Then who can be healed? 
And Jesus replied, What is impossible for people is possible for God. And so in fear and trepidation, but trusting in God's power and promise, I ask you to pray with me now. Loving God, your kingdom economy come. Your will be done on earth, in me and in us all. Together with Jesus, help us find the level ground where dis-ease is cured and evil spirits are driven away. Through your words and gentle touch, shape us into your healing community. Make us a place of love and justice, where laughter, joy and fullness are guaranteed, and everyone is blessed. In your name we pray. Amen. There's always more to read on our website, that's sanctuarybaptist.org. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. If you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal, and you can find the details for this on the website. This recording was made on the lands of the Eastern Ma Nation. We're still waiting for more rain, but the Dianellas have formed lush purple berries. And yesterday... A wallaby came hopping down the street. The peace of the land, its flora, its fauna, be with us all. Amen. <laughs>